<laughs> All right, you guys ready? No, I have to say one more thing because I'm super excited about it. Um, so I made a playlist <laughs> called Thank You, Joe Jonas, and it's all the songs that I think <laughs> are written about Joe Jonas, and I didn't send it to anybody. It's Allie and AJ and, like, Demi Lovato and, obviously, Taylor Swift. So those are the only three, like, artists that are on there, but it's, like, a lot of songs. Um, I haven't sent it to anyone, and it's got seven followers on Spotify. So people are just searching Thank You, Joe Jonas and following my playlist, and I feel <laughs> so cool. <laughs> Is this on Spotify, Chandler? I'm going to follow it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it that is for sure is. What did you... Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure some of them are, like, not actually about him. Um, but they just, like, in my heart, I feel like they should be. So now we can get started. Oh, love it. Are you ready for it? Welcome to Ready For It, a Taylor Swift podcast. I'm Chandler. I'm Rebecca. I'm Bailey. And I'm Lizzie. So be fearless. Speak now. Put on your favorite shade of red. While shaking it off in a getaway car. Because sometimes you need to calm down. And wrap yourself up in your favorite cardigan. To find some happiness. And listen as we talk about the iconic poet herself, Miss Swift. Okay, so we should probably get started. It's been almost a month since we recorded our first episode, so... Yeah. Rebecca, would you like to introduce the song we're doing today? <clears throat> yes, let me get off of... Oh, I'm sorry. I was on for a Okay. Thank you, everybody, for joining us again. Today, we're going to be discussing Picture to Burn. That's actually the second song off of her debut album. All right, so some background on Picture to Burn. So it was released on February 3rd, 2008 by Big Machine Records and Republic Records. As the fourth single from her debut album, it was written by Taylor and Liz Rose and produced by Nathan Chapman. So it was inspired by her high school boyfriend, rumored to be. Jordan Alford. She did not establish a formal romantic relationship with this one. So what had happened was she went out <laughs> she went out on a date with him and then like shortly after he ended up dating her classmate Chelsea, who then would later become his wife. So then she was like really frustrated with how narcissistic and how like cocky he was. So she decided to write a song about it during her after-school job writing songs for Sony and ATV Music. And I just want to say that the song is 2 minutes and 55 seconds. It draws elements of country music and it has like an up-tempo country rock kind of feel to it. But yeah, that's kind of the background of it. It's definitely a more feisty song compared to Tim McGraw. Yeah. I think when I think of Picture to Burn, I think Honesty. She's really just telling you how she feels. She's angry. Yeah. So quotes from Taylor. One of the things she said, this is my angry song on my album. So very accurate. She told that to CMT Insider before they were shooting the music video. This was back in like 2007, maybe 2008. But she said, I'm really excited releasing it because when I'm out on the road to on all these tours and would play it every night and literally, even though it wasn't a single yet, it would get the most crowd response, which I can totally understand why this song would be like the one that the crowd likes the most. She said, 
as loud as it is at concerts with all the girls screaming it, I think it will multiply when this becomes a single. Absolutely. I feel like this song is definitely that type of song that you shout at the top of your lungs, especially live. Yeah. If she plays this live, you best believe that everybody is shouting the lyrics because it's just that it has that energy to it you know it's, it's not the type of song where you're like you know putting your phone up in the air and swaying side to side it's the type of song where you're like shouting and like getting angry and you're thinking about those narcissistic assholes in your life yeah excuse my french <laughs> um she also yeah, said it's a that- very cathartic song <laughs> it is it really is especially like just like the process of like burning your ex's things or like their pictures or whatever people do that like in order to like get closure sometimes so true but she said before i sing this song i always try to tell the audience that i really do try to be a nice person but if you break my heart hurt my feelings or are really mean to me i'm going to write a song about you and then she goes the song is the perfect example and i watched a lot of like live performance of the per- performances of the show um to get ready for recording tonight and she said it a lot like a lot like and especially early on when she was doing very small shows like very sit down like acoustic type shows she would she actually said that word for word so i think that's like the precursor to her little like speeches that she gives on tours (laughs) oh that's cute yeah and then so i've got a couple of other quotes from her but they're more so focused on kind of her looking back this was um an interview in 2011 she said i had this song called picture to burn that's talking about how i hate your truck and i hate that you ignored me i hate you now the way that i would say that and the way that i would feel that kind of pain is a lot different she also said i look back on the record i made when i was 16 and i'm so happy i made it i got to immortalize those emotions that when you're so angry, you hate everything. It's like recording your diary over the years. And that's a gift, which 100%. No, I definitely agree. I mean, I, I feel like all of us have felt like when an ex or even if it's not an ex, like she didn't really have a relationship. It was more like she dated this guy. She liked him. And then he turned around and dated somebody else. Like almost instantly felt like, and he was a jerk. It sounded like, so I mean, we've all had those instances where we've, like, dated or we've, you know, somehow been romantically involved, whatever, and they just turned around and they were, like, complete jerks. And, yeah, I mean, Taylor warned everybody. Like, this was her warning. This song was like, if you do me wrong, well, I'm going to write a song about you. (laughs) Yeah. And, honestly, what I – so my first show was Fearless, and I'll never forget the – performance of picture to burn it was crazy it was fun it was a lot of fun she i mean there's a lot of like fire obviously like in the music video but yeah it was fun yeah i was gonna say it's definitely a banger especially for the like us og fans that have like been here since the beginning you know this is like and i think that this is such a good song because to a degree almost every single woman can relate to this this song in some way shape or form like we've all at some point been in this kind of position where you've been treated like shit by a guy and like you just need to get in the car with your best friend windows down 10 30 at night screaming this at the top of your lungs kind of thing yeah absolutely yeah i was gonna say the same thing that rebecca said like 
you know, she wrote this song so long ago, but it's almost timeless. Like, you'll feel like this at some point in your life. Like, it doesn't matter right. whether you're the same age as she was Maybe. when you feel that way or if you're 26 years old and you feel that way about a guy, you know, like, it's timeless. You'll always have that, oh, I really hate this guy, you know, like, let me just scream sing this song at the top of my lungs, you know? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I was going to say that I have definitely, I mean, we have definitely had these moments, Bailey, when we've listened to this about certain exes, not naming any names, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, it gets me riled up just thinking about it. Right. It makes me want to get in my car and do it right now. <laughs> <laughs> right. Ugh. It, it's so good to let it out, too. And I think that's like the gift that Taylor gives us with this song. It's one of her first songs that first of many that we get to like shout at the top of our lungs and just feel all the feelings and just let things go yep. while we're singing. Agree. <clears throat> Bailey, did you have anything you want to add about like the critical response? I do. So Picture to Burn was praised by a lot of critics and I did read actually that some felt that they liked the song so much because of the feminist message that it sends. And I think this is really important to note because the feminist theme will be like, we'll see it come up again and again and again in her career, especially as we get into some of her newer stuff. So I think that's really important. That's kind of been something that she holds on to. And also a lot of people believed that picture to burn and Should Have Said No were the most immediately striking songs on her debut album. I can see that. And it's yeah, really totally shown. It really shows um, on the Billboard charts. So in March 2008, Picture to Burn debuted at number 93 on the Billboard Hot 100. And it stayed on the Billboard charts for about 20 weeks and peaked at 28, wow. at number 28. And the single was certified double platinum by the Recording Industry Association of America. And as of 2017, it had sold 1.7 million copies in the U.S. But also it wasn't just like this picture to burn was popular not only on the Billboard Hot 100, but also on the Billboard Hot Country songs. And it does really, it did really well on the Hot Country. It debuted at number 52. And during its 11 week, it entered the top 10 at number nine. And it gave her the fourth consecutive top 10 hit from the debut album. And it peaked at number three on the Billboard Hot Country songs. Which is absolutely amazing for a debut album from a 16 I agree. And yeah. Relatively, completely unknown. I agree. And I think it's really, I think it's indicative of her overall success. Like if we're not just looking yes. at her debut album but we're looking at everything else like it's truly indicative of her as an artist and her ability to capture these these emotions however fleeting they are i've always praised taylor for her ability to feel like one emotion for just a brief moment of time and her ability to write an entire song about that because at the end of the day we don't know how long she actually felt this way with picture to burn it seems like it's more of like an in the moment kind of song where like she was just super angry at that time and she needed to get her feelings out and she wrote this song down and looking back, she probably doesn't feel that way. But that's a part of the amazing 
aspects of Taylor Swift and her ability to write and to put all those emotions, just a single, like, you know, emotion into an entire song. I agree. I also think that this was one of the first songs that kind of proved that she could go into pop music a little bit because this was more of like the modern country. She's slamming a guitar, you know, it's more country rock, like I said before. But I definitely think that this like was a song that proved that she could easily cross into that genre because it had it's still very country, but it definitely has elements right. of pop. Okay, do we want to get started on the song then? Absolutely. Let's do it. Okay. Take us away. Okay. This first verse is beautiful. It's chef's kiss, you know? (laughs) Um, (laughs) The lyrics are, state the obvious. I didn't get my perfect fantasy. I realize you love yourself more than you could ever love me. So go and tell your friends that I'm obsessive and crazy. That's fine. You won't mind if I say, by the way. So starting off, the the way that this song starts, (laughs) it's like balls to the walls right away with like, even before she gets to the lyrics. Like it is, like it goes so hard. Balls to the walls. It goes so hard. (laughs) No, I agree. It's like, she's really slapping, slapping. No, she wasted no time getting to the point. Like, hey, by the way, you're an asshole. And I hate <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And here's the song I wrote about you. But but see, I'm not even I'm, like talking about the lyrics yet. Like the music, the way that the music just goes, like right away, it just starts. Beautiful. Love it. It doesn't hold back, that's for sure. Yeah. No, like you want to hate this guy too. You're not even like you don't even know why, but you yeah, just hate him absolutely. too. Absolutely. Like, just right in the beginning. <laughs> All right, the chorus. No, we're not done talking about the no, first verse. We're not done. All right, all right. No, all right, we are go, not go, done. Go. Let's go. So I was gonna say <laughs> that one of the lyrics I really, really like in the first verse is her kind of like we were talking about earlier, Bailey, with the nod to feminism when she brings up, so go and tell your friends that I'm obsessive and crazy. Because I feel like that is just the typical guy fallback. Uh-huh. Like when they break things off with a girl or you know, they screw up and they're like oh dude she was crazy or she Ugh. wouldn't stop texting me man or like she was so clingy right you know like that kind of thing she nodded into that yeah you know there's nothing like a bad woman <laughs> you made it that That's way true no i think of bad woman when i, I do I, I like yes especially that line 100 percent. like it goes back into that like female rage like Whenever, like, especially when we're in high school, like, dudes will just be like, oh, we broke up because she's crazy. And she's probably not. You probably are just a terrible person. Yeah, he doesn't know. I mean, most men are. I hate to sound like I hate men. I don't hate men. You're happily engaged to a man. I am happily engaged to a man. (laughs) I don't want to come off like that. All right, but going back to the point... Yeah, no. Yeah, and then the next line is the infamous one. (laughs) The original lyrics are not, you won't mind if I say. I think we all know. Well, we all know. A lot of, like, newer Swifties do not know. Because it's been white. I do understand the backlash. I get it. But I'm sorry. The original lyric just really does it. It's like... 
for me, that's like when you listen to a clean version versus the explicit version. When you hear the clean version, you're like, oh no, this is not it. Yeah, so the original line, Rebecca, would you like to tell us what the original line is? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, um, that's fine. I'll tell mine. You're gay. And by the way. So we also have to put this into context. This, she wrote the song when she was probably 15 years old. It was 2005, right. 2006. It's not right. But back then when we were like in middle and high school, everybody was like, that's so gay. I wasn't because I was yeah. afraid that like I would hurt somebody's feelings or I would get in trouble for my mom or something like that. So I never, I was never like that so gay, but I am the oddity. <laughs> I mean, it just shows how, you know, words or the meaning behind words change. And I mean, it shouldn't have ever been used as an insult. But again, this was what, 2006 to 2008? It was that, unfortunately, that's what people would use. And they still use it as that today, unfortunately, but we know better. And like, again, yeah, most of us should have known better then. But having the original lyric, yes, it it definitely, I, I agree with what you said, Bailey. Like, it hits it's hard for way, us OGs but... because that's what we knew. Like, I don't think a lot of people realize the version of her debut album that like is known today is not the standard edition. This is the deluxe edition that everybody's got that goes from Tim McGraw to invisible and perfectly good heart. And I'm only me with when I'm with you, those were the deluxe like editions of this. Right. Those were on the deluxe edition of this album. The standard edition had just our song. Our song was the last song on that, that album. And sometime before sometime before the music video and the single were released for this song taylor made the radio edit version the official version i tried to go back and see like if she had commented on it or like the closest thing i could find was her kind of alluding to her to it when she said it's a song that's talking about how i hate your chuck and i hate that you ignored me and how she would express that pain in a different way now that's the closest i could find to her actually addressing it but she did change it like i saw when i was doing my research i saw a lot of people were um saying that it used to be in the music video like but it wasn't ever because trust me, I checked when this music video came out, y'all, I purchased <laughs> it on iTunes. I owned all of her music videos <laughs> on iTunes and I had, I called my sister today and was like, I need you to check the Taylor Swift picture to burn music video and tell me if it had, I won't my, or I'll tell mine that you're gay or if it says you won't mind if I say, and she was like, no, it says you won't mind if I say. So she changed it before the song was released as a single. I think, yeah, I was gonna say the music video, I watched the music video and that it said, you won't mind if I say, but like it, when you're searching on YouTube or, you know, you search it on iTunes, there's the radio edit version or whatever it is. The original yeah. one that you can find, you can find the original one on YouTube. It says, I'll tell mine that you're gay. Yeah. And I mean, I used to have the original, I'm like holding my Taylor Swift album right now. And I used to have the original standard edition and it like got broken in like 2009 or 2010. And so when I bought myself a replacement one, I was super excited because it was like, oh yes, now I got the deluxe edition. It's not just the standard edition. And yeah. I mean, you know, like if she would have kept, I mean, she could never have kept it, but if she did, she wasn't necessarily saying like being gay 
is like bad. She was saying more of like you're gonna lose your rap in this like because he sounded mm-hmm. like a like a player, right? You- I don't know. At the same time, I know she was trying to like insult him, and she was trying to like make because even to some men today, being called being insinuated that you're gay is the biggest insult, which right. I don't get. Right. <laughs> I don't think it's an insult, and I think that that's what she was trying to do. She was trying to insult him. I think she was, you know playing off the fact that he's probably telling everybody that she's crazy and this was her way of like doing the same thing and not that her him saying that she's crazy is right but I mean I think in 2021 we can all agree that like you can't just be like oh, well you're gay right yeah, yeah it, it just doesn't do it doesn't vibe doesn't do it, it, doesn't do well. it. No. no the vibes are not it doesn't <laughs> pass a vibe check Nope. So it's good that she changed it, even though. So do we think that she'll keep the when she does her re-recording for the debut? Do you do we think that she'll keep the you won't mind if I say? Absolutely, one hundred percent. She has done such a good job of trying to wipe the original version of Picture to Burn from existence, which I get because when you're young and you don't realize like what you're saying, and then you grow up and you're like, oh my god, how freaking embarrassing is that that I said that. And the whole world knows it because I am a multi-million dollar selling artist. And she's an ally, you know, she's, yeah, so. I feel like this is definitely one of the most, one of her first controversial kind of, I guess, lyrics yeah. or lines, I mean, when you think so. about the audience that she had, it wasn't like super controversial country music no. listeners in 2006. Not super con- controversial to them. The general public, yes. Right. But, you know, I don't know. We right. we we appreciate the original. We're nostalgic about the original, but we we love to see growth. How about that? I agree. Yes. Absolutely. And like you said, Chandler, she's done a good job at trying to wipe it out. One, I guess, to avoid the controversy. And two, you know, like, that's not how you want to be known, you no. know? So I, she's done a really good job being like sensitive to the controversy around it and being sensitive to you know actually removing it it's not just she re-recorded this thing and now all of the versions are still out there and there's 19 different versions of the songs like it's it's hard to find the original yes pretty much if you only have the originals right unless you go on like youtube and find right (laughs) you can find anything on youtube so makes sense all right I hate that stupid old pickup truck you never let me drive. Your redneck heartbreak who's really bad at lying. So watch me strike a match on all my wasted time. As far as I'm concerned, you're just another picture to burn. My first note, I like in my notes that I have written up, I like highlighted, I hate that stupid old pickup truck. And I wrote relatable, LOL. (laughs) 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 Which is hilarious. Like, because I, I ended up marrying a man who has owned several pickup trucks. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm engaged to one that has a, you know, a giant pickup truck. And every time I play this song, he's like, are you talking about my pickup truck? And I'm like, no, obviously yeah, not. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure, Bex, you can agree with me that growing up in South Carolina. South Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> You were forced, like, you really didn't have a choice. (laughs) The pickup trucks were everywhere. They're all the good old boy. You could not escape them. Also, it was awful. It's just, that lyric in particular is very country. Like, 
because we're going to hear it repeated during her country era. I mean, the previous recording we did was about Tim McGraw, where she says, you know, the Chevy pickup truck. So it's a very, yeah. it's a very I mean, country that, lyric. It's a trope. Which is, this This was her <laughs> debut country album, so. Yeah, but she was also writing and recording it living in Nashville, so I'm sure. Exactly. At, she ran into a few redneck heartbreaks with old pickup trucks. I'm sure. Also, let's go back to the beginning where she says, so watch me strike a match and all my wasted time. Like, you feel that, you know? <laughs> like, that's yeah. Yeah. relatable. Even if, even if your breakup wasn't so bad. Like, even if it was okay. Like, you still go back and you think, like, wow, I really wasted my time. Because yeah, we didn't I mean, end up together. Like, okay, so... But she's angry, so she says, watch me strike a match on it. I think this song is why I was so, like, dead set on burning all of my ex's things. I didn't I do did. it. I didn't did. do the main <laughs> character energy. Did not actually do it because <laughs> scaredy cat. But really wanted to really badly several times, so, But you yeah. just, I'm, I'm going to be honest. Burning the pictures and pretty liberating <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but yeah except in the, di the digital age it's a, it, it it's different it's it's on the internet forever even if you do delete it I'm uh, sure for sure when i was doing my it. research today you know where i went the wayback machine oh. y'all know what that is right it like it's like a record of every no. page yep. that has ever been on the internet and it's got like taylor swift's old website you can I put it in by like no year. Way. Yeah, you can find literally like any show you. Yeah. So when they say the internet is forever, the internet is forever. Terrifying. Scary. Um, but I do want to <laughs> just say that as a whole, this chorus, it's so relatable. It's so honest. There's not a lot. I don't want to say there's not a lot to it, but it's just that's the most striking thing about it is how honest she's being about her anger and about just like I'm gonna burn your pictures like that's that's all this is like you wasted my time I'm not concerned about you anymore goodbye and as like much of a like angry song this is that like sometimes gets looped in with like before he cheats and like Miranda Lambert's crazy ex-girlfriend and stuff like that at least in my opinion this is pretty mature because she's just like no I'm not concerned with you anymore I'm gonna burn your picture and we're done I like she how she says going back to what I said before so watch me strike a match like she's not saying watch watch me light a match it's strike a match I think that word is like indicative of her anger or I'm I'm not just lighting this match like I'm striking it because I'm pissed off and I hate you <laughs> yeah also, it paints a picture. Like, we've always said that it doesn't matter if it's her new stuff or her old stuff. It, at some point, it, it you know, brings the picture to your mind. And, like, I can see her lighting a match. I can and see her striking the match, even without the music video. I want to be clear about something. I want to say that this guy dated one of her ex-friends. I didn't say that in the background. Really? But to clarify, Yes. It, it was a former friend of hers. So this makes it even worse. Like, he ended up yeah. marrying her. So he went on a date with her and then ended up dating. Like, also, come on. 
Like, did you I mean, see I, like what? Because she gave an interview later on. I didn't like. I didn't write any of this down or like save it or anything. But she gave an interview where she was like, "Yeah, Abigail told us that this is about him, and we just thought it was like kind of like whatever." Like she, we were just kind of like, "Oh, like where else are we in her album?" And it just came across as really like conceited to me, like. I don't know, but she also like said something about like she said something to the effect of like nobody at our high school thought she was going anywhere. That's what the girl no, said. No, that's what the girl or said. That's the, what he said. What's his name? What was his name? Jordan. He didn't say anything. His wife yeah. came out and she was like, Yes, this is about my husband. Abigail told us that it was about him and this is what we think of it. And then she like just said some kind of some things that just came across kind of snotty and kind of like, I can, like now that you're saying that she's a former friend of Taylor's, I totally get like the attitude that I felt from her interview. Well, I, I looking at the, cause I'm on like genius lyrics right now. And somebody quoted, I think this, the quote that you're talking about, yeah. it was from Chelsea. She goes, Jor- Jordan and I just thought it was funny and was like, I'm not a redneck. She makes me look like some redneck. But other than that, we just thought it was kind of funny. Dot, dot, dot. And after I began dating him, Taylor and I exchanged a few words over a locker fight. We were 14. We were just being girly and snarky. So that's like, Mm. the first part of that was the same interview that I saw. (laughs) But she goes on to say basically nobody from their high school thought she was going anywhere with her music career. (laughs) I hope she strikes a match on her But she loved to prove people I don't right? know. We don't know this girl. We don't know if she was being snarky or not. I could just be projecting because I am on. Yeah, I'm. I'm on Taylor's Scan side Taylor. always. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. So verse two. There's no time for tears. I'm just sitting here planning my revenge. There's nothing stopping me from going out with all of your best friends. And if you come around saying sorry to me, my daddy's gonna show you how sorry you'll be. Ooh. I love. I love it. Again, I'm. I do. I agree. She's angry. This verse, like, always resonates with me because, like, growing up, I was not, like, a very emotional person. Like, when it came to, like, breakups, I've always been, like, more the guy in the relationships, still to this day. And, like, I'm not, like, the kind of girl that, like, will cry a lot, you know? I'm, like, let's get even. (laughs) You know what I mean? And I'm the opposite (laughs) in that I'm, like, let me cry a lot about it, and then I'll I'll think about getting even. I'll think about getting even. I won't actually do it. (laughs) Also, she says, and if you're coming around saying sorry to me, my daddy's going to show you how sorry I'll be. And that's, again, like, the last line in that second verse is a very country-esque. Yes. Yeah. Um, Yep. The trope of the dad with a shotgun scaring off the boyfriend. Right. We hate it. And (laughs) we hate it and we love it at the same time. (laughs) And that's, that again, it goes back to, like, why a little bit, why it's so relatable. Like, growing up in the South, I'm sure that you... You had that, you know? Like, Actually, no. Okay. Be, you know? Like, but that's the same thing. Like, it doesn't matter, like, whether you grow up in the South, if you have a boy who's being an asshole to you, like, your parents, or more specifically, your dad is gonna, he's gonna fuck him up, you know? <laughs> it's so funny because I highlighted this line again, and I said, not my dad, because my dad is just not confrontational. <laughs> Like, he doesn't want people to treat me bad, but he's not going to, like, threaten murder. <laughs> it's hilarious because 
my dad's like the same way my mom on the other hand <laughs> oh right my I mom a great story about this my mom's solution was whenever like, i had boy problems was maybe you just break up with him <laughs> my mother this guy was like sexually harassing me chandler knows this story oh, yeah. this was in high school and she found out where he worked and she showed up at his work when he was on the clock and threatened him Oh my god. He was a grocer. And so and he did like the <laughs> checkout line. So she got like a couple of food items and put them on the conveyor belt. And I was like standing there like next to her, like wide-eyed, like, oh shit. And and you could like he saw me and he saw my mom and he was just like, Oh my gosh. And my my mom like went in on him in in the middle of the food lion. <laughs> so i actually have a story so it was it was fairly recent i don't want to say like yesterday but like let's call it like three or four years ago my (laughs) then boyfriend well i guess he was my fiance at that point Uh, but um and he came to pick me up but it was snowing and it had been snowing it was cold it like it had been snowing all day so at this point it's like six o'clock at night everything's starting to freeze over and I'm he's waiting for me in the parking not in the parking lot like right parked right in front of my driveway and I'm walking out in a coat I have heels on and my purse and the car is still completely covered in snow and I'm walking out and he doesn't get out of the car to like help me to the car even though it's icy I'm in heels and all of this stuff. And my dad calls him out and he's like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, you're not even going to help her to the car. And then he's like, Oh, (laughs) like he legit called him out. And I was like, at the time I was like, Oh no. But now I'm like, yeah, what an asshole. Like, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Just because we're strong, independent, capable women doesn't mean we don't want to be offered help sometimes. Right? It's called kindness. Just being a decent human being. It costs zero dollars. And I'm going to guess that's part of the reason why he's your ex fiance. That's just me jumping off a cliff, though. We won't get into it. it. That's another podcast for another time. The last story to go through more Taylor Swift songs. Yeah, it'll be a thing where we like oh, reveal little oh, bit by little bit of the story. <laughs> like just, just wait till we get to like oh, red no. because once we get to red, I feel like all the breakup songs are gonna come out. Right, we're gonna start giving little snippets. Yeah. Of um, well, the last thing I want to say about <sighs> this verse, um, there's nothing stopping me from going out with all your best friends. I always was like, oh, you know, actually. What is stopping me is that none of them would want to date me. So, like, even when I was so Aww. young, I was like, no, Aww. no, not me. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I've had moments. Actually, my, like, I'm going to call myself. I should never call myself a slut, but I definitely had my slutty period, okay? I'm going to say it. I did in college. I had a lot of fun. And... I definitely had those times when a guy did me wrong and I was like, you know what? I'm going to text his roommate. I would There's that. nothing I love more than seeing a player being played. I mean, if guys can Agreed. do it, girls can uh, yeah. do it too. Okay, so do we want it? We're going to skip the second chorus and Bailey, you want to take the bridge? 
Sure. And if you're missing me, you'd better keep it to yourself because coming back around here would be bad for your health. Miss Swift teaching us early, do not go back to exes. Don't, don't even entertain it. Let them leave. Let the, you're better than that. You're better than it. They can keep it to themselves. You, you won't take them back. Thank you, Miss Swift. Yes, because it, it would, would really much be it, bad for your health. I would agree. <laughs> definitely agree with that. She meant in like a my dad's going to murder you kind of way. And we just mean in like a psychological way. You know, I, I do agree. have to say that these are my least favorite yes. lines off of this song because it feels the most juvenile. Again, though, I can't hold that against her writing the song at 15, probably 16 years old, maybe even 14, because it sounds like this all started going down at 14 years old, according to that Chelsea chick. And so I can't hold that against her. But every like her lyrics are just so good. Yeah, I mean, it's so sad. A little cheesy. The lyrics themselves are like pretty juvenile, just the way she says it. But like, if you when you think about the meaning behind it, it's almost like if you're missing me, don't text me that, oh, I miss you, or please come back to me. Like, let's not do all of this. Like, keep that shit to yourself because I'm done with you. I don't like you. I already struck the match on my wasted time. Goodbye. Yes. Yes. And, like, it's so satisfying to sing this, like, this bridge. Like, there's just something very satisfying to me about being like, I don't need you. Keep it to yourself don't come back. I don't know. I just love it. I live for it. Yeah. But it's also the standards. I think that's behind it. You know, like you guys were saying in the, like when we first started talking about the bridge, not lowering yourself, not going back, just saying like, I'm over it. I'm not going to allow myself to be treated like this. Like we're done. Exactly. I never get why people always like talk about how Taylor in her music, like kind of embodied like toxic relationships where like, you know what yeah have you not heard that people have like said things about like like the way i loved you being like super toxic and like some other stuff from when she was like really young and like just writing about like pretending she was in love and stuff like that i'm like you didn't listen to the same taylor swift songs that i did because i like no no, like the way i loved you yes banger but do i sit there and pine over somebody who was toxic for me no I don't. Absolutely not. But also, people can't pretend that they're perfect to the point where they've never had toxic feelings or been in a toxic relationship. Oh, no. Whether that be like, whether that be true or like a true, like romantic, you know what I mean? Like a parental relationship. Like, Everybody has had a toxic relationship at some point, and everybody at some point has gone back into maybe something that's been toxic when they probably shouldn't have. And just because she immortalizes that feelings doesn't mean that she's parading around and condoning toxic relationships. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, what I mean by it is, like, the songs that really resonated with me are the more so the songs yes. where she's like, I, I'm not going to take you back. Not the ones that do kind of like capture that feeling of. Right. Because I mean, Rebecca, you know, I've been there like going back right. constantly. Um, it took me years to learn the lessons that Miss Swift tried to teach me. But I'm just saying like <laughs> what resonated with me even back then was the kind of this kind of like, I don't know, like take care of yourself. Like don't worry about other people like especially in relationships like especially when a boy treats you wrong like fuck him like that's what I always got from it didn't always listen to it but this that's what I resonated with it was definitely that girl power like that very like I'm an independent woman kind of like 
thing. I agree. And I find that like to be kind of insulting to her because yeah, you have to give like some credit to her age when she, when you're looking back at the songs that she's writing. And even with her age, I've always found that she has always been extremely mature in her songwriting ability, given her age to be able to sit down and write a song like white horse like yeah. because that talks exactly about what you were just Ugh. talking about Chandler like saying like you know what I'm not gonna like I'll let you come back into my life again and being able to write something like that at like what 19 no no you know yeah, even writing <laughs> even writing a song like this like we talk about like the Brit that yes like like you said it's it does sound very juvenile the lyrics she chose do show her age but when you think when you remove yeah the actual lyrics when you think about the meaning behind it like she's 14 the years old message and this is what yeah. she's writing this is what she came up with yeah yeah it's at the end of the day the overall message is like i'm moving on basically erase my number because you're gone because if you look at like if we go back to like the actual chorus and i know we didn't i know the chorus but it just reminded me of this in like what you're talking about earlier bailey with the word strike she says strike a match on all my wasted time as far as i'm concerned you're not just another picture to burn she's not talking about striking a match on his literal objects and belongings she's talking about literally ridding her memory of this person right that's a whole another like more mature concept than just being like i'm gonna burn all of your shit you know what i mean <laughs> Like right, you <laughs> dated true. another girl. Just Man. watch me burn everything. You know, I I'm trying to think of myself when I was 14, and I I like had a middle school relationship, and I <laughs> wrote like a hate letter, like and gave it to him because he told every girl in my class that he was single and he like had like a secret relationship. Mind you, it was like like two week relationship. It was like whatever and he like told everybody he was single and it really hurt my feelings so honestly I'm this is around the time when I was starting to listen to Taylor and this was one of the songs along with this song and should have said no it was one of those songs that I was like <laughs> listening to it and like scribbling this like hate letter like basically saying how much I hate this person but it gave me closure and you know what? Sometimes you have to do what you gotta do. And so, yes, metaphorically, it's this song is more than just burning your things. It's it's about or the person's things. It it's about yeah. being it's, done with a do person. It. And, like it's and like getting your getting anger out and, and then letting it go. Yeah. And being able to yes. be above the drama and walk away from it at that kind of age is also amazing. Because if you think back to when you were 14 years old, I mean, Couldn't come be on, me. let's be honest. Couldn't <laughs> be me. 100%. <laughs> Listen, I was mad at one of my high school boyfriends in like, it was my freshman year. So I was like, I barely turned 15. So like the same age as Taylor, right? And I was, I can't remember why I was mad no re recollection but he gave me a like a rose for valentine's day and he, Blech, you know what kidding. i did oh yeah it is very gross i will not name names because you know him and i literally sat there next to one of my friends and plucked every single petal off it and then threw it in the trash it is. it's the pettiness again but you know. not above the drama <laughs> but miss taylor allison swift was yes in front of him mind you he saw it 
I think I know who this is. Uh, so I know if, if he watches this, this, I am sorry. <laughs> that was terrible. <laughs> so I know that we're kind of past this point, like way past this point. But I, I do want to go back and point something out because I meant to say it and then I I didn't. Um, she said in verse two, she says, there's nothing stopping me from going out with all of your best friends. So we all know. I know you're going to say, Bailey. That like she, it, she was painted by the media as this, you know, boyfriend hopping like, I'm going to date everybody in the world and write a song about them, little floozy. And it's just like, it, like I feel like, unfortunately, those two lines, like, really follow her up until reputation. Up until well, she disappeared right. for a year and a half. Here is and the thing her- about this song, is that she mm. says that she went into it with a comedic, like trying to be funny. Writing this song, she was trying to be funny. Like she was trying to get her anger out, but do it in a comedic way. I don't think I wrote, oh, she, okay. I don't actually know that she said this. This is why I didn't write this down and say it with the Taylor quotes is because I couldn't find a source for it. But um, she's, According to Wikipedia, she came in to her after-school job with Liz Rose and was, like, really upset about the situation and was like, God, I I hate his truck. He never lets me drive it. And he's such a redneck. And, like, they just turned that into, like, the chorus. And she was like, I went at it, you know, from a comedic point of view. So... Yes, she's playing into the trope, like the country trope of the woman who's going to fuck your shit up if you mess with her. And you're right, Bailey, right. like it's stuck with her when, because just people, people run with the fact that she writes autobiographically. It doesn't matter that she could possibly like take a feeling and expand on it. Right. Like, anyway. And that's still true now. Like, you know, if she writes a breakup song, everyone's like, oh no, did her and Joe break up? Like that, it doesn't, like... Just because she wrote that way before doesn't mean that her and Joe broke up or anything. And to be honest, that the same could be said for all of her breakup songs. Yeah. Like there are some songs where we're like, you know, Dear John, obviously. But like some of the other breakup songs, you don't know that that's actually what happened in their breakup. It could just be just her writing. It could be very metaphorical. But unfortunately, you know, this debut album was very autobiographical and it stuck with her you know and that's how people when they when they think taylor swift they associate autobiographical you know yeah and you know though i think going back to why people relate to this so much yes that brit or that chorus it was very autobiographical with him not letting her drive the truck and you know him being a, a redneck or whatever but at the same time, it is really metaphorical. Haven't we all been in that kind of relationship, situationship, I don't know, with someone, with a guy who's, like, controlling <laughs> mm-hmm. or a known player? You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. And that's why we can relate to this as women. It's like, yeah, you know, yeah, your guy might have not had a pickup truck. He never let you try- drive, but he might not ever let you come over to his house or he might not hold your hand in public. Or, right. you know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. Like, that kind of controlling. Rude. I'm, 
still salty about that relationship <laughs> in middle school. But, like, we've been there, I'm you know? I'm not. <laughs> yeah, she she yes. taps into those emotions that are universal. Yes. 100%. Thank you, Chandler, for saying that much more eloquently. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so the only thing that's left in the song is the chorus, which she repeats. And the only thing I want to say about that is that she sings the chorus the way that it's like originally written once. And then she repeats it, but she leads into it by saying, in case you haven't heard, I really, really hate that stupid old pickup truck. Love that part. Love, (laughs) love the lead into the chorus that way. Like, I feel like I can just feel her anger when she says, I really, really hate that stupid old pickup truck. Right. And then she says, in case you haven't heard, like she's been one, she wrote this song and has already said it before, but also she's, he went and told his friends that she's crazy, but she went and told her friends that I really hate this stupid pickup truck, you know, like, so by the way, in case you haven't heard, yeah, I hate it and I hate you. <laughs> also, she's uh, this is also the fourth time that she's repeating the chorus, so it's like she's beating a dead horse at this point, right? And she's like, "Oh, and in case you haven't heard me say the other three times, here it is one last time." <sighs> it's such a petty, swifty kind of, or swift <laughs> kind of. Uh, get it, Swift Taylor Swift um, way of just really sticking it to him one last time. And or sticking it to anybody who wants to hear it, you know, just to re- really remind you one more time how much I hate it, how much I hate him, how much of really bad liar also, he is. You know, we talk about that's like part of the chorus, you know, like we said in the chorus, like it's not it might not be, oh, this guy had a pickup truck. He never let me drive it. Just the general like controlling aspect. And this is one last time in case you haven't heard we're you know, we are never, ever getting back together, you know, like, I don't care what you do, you know, I'm not getting back together with you, I don't want to have anything to do with you, goodbye for the last time. Yeah, and it's also like a warning, like, I just thought of this, it's like a warning when she's like, don't come back around, because even, like, it's not necessarily that he's asking to come back around, but she's probably like, you know, if you regret this, don't come back (laughs) around. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyway, and so then that's basically the end of the song. Yes. Um, I guess going on to the favorite lyrics, I'll just start with what I put and then you guys just jump in. I think that my favorite, and we've already talked about some of this a little bit. um, The first one for me is I realize you love yourself more than you could ever love me because that's just a freaking savage burn. Just calling out his ego. Yeah, that's, that's what I put for my favorite lyric too mm-hmm. i realize you love yourself more than you can ever love me first of all in the context of that song you're absolutely right a burn but if you like take it out of context that's like sad like right realizing that he can never song- give himself to her yeah and it's still you can still relate it to not just a romantic relationship you know we said we talked about toxic relationships in general if you just take the i realize you love yourself more than you could ever love me it doesn't have to be about a former lover or an ex-lover it could be about anybody you've had a toxic relationship with anybody where you felt that they loved themselves more than you know they could love you and that doesn't have to be about an ex-boyfriend or an ex-girlfriend yeah right no i agree yeah i mean it Honestly, that was the other one for me is like, there's nothing stopping me from going out with all of your best friends because 
in this case, it's like the player getting played and getting kind of like, I don't want to say even, but, and yeah, it is a petty move. I'm always here for the pettiness. We live for it. I do. <laughs> I really do. Like I, I've definitely done that very. But thing. sometimes you just so you it's know, fine. like that one chick says, you know, or not that one chick, you know, that like famous like line saying thing. I'm like breaking down. Can you hear me? <laughs> like mentally, um, <laughs> to get over someone, you get under someone. <laughs> yes. Yes. Pterodactyl screech. Um, I mean. There's reason there's truth in those words. Let me just say that. Uh, yeah. It, uh, and this kind of like foreshadows other songs. Yeah. Just like when we were talking. A lot of other songs. Yes. I was going to say that's a perfect We are never song. getting back together. Yeah. Yeah. That, Especially better that than point. revenge. Yeah. <laughs> the list goes Bailey, on. Bailey, did you say your favorite lyric? Uh, I, I really have to think my favorite lyric is, so watch me strike a match on all my wasted time. Yes. Love it. It just like for me, it's just like a personal thing, but also I like I like the imagery it brings. Like even if you remove the music video and you don't even watch the music video, like when you hear the so watch me strike a match on all my wasted time, like you just see it, you know? Yeah. Oh, this music video was the first time that we are like formally introduced to her band, the agency. That's how they got their name. Did anybody else remember that, like, during, like, debut and Fearless and Speak Now, her band was called The Agency? I didn't know that either. Yes. No, I did not know that. what they called themselves. They were like, Taylor, The Agency. Yes, look it up. I swear I'm not making this up. What? It's because they went in in this music video and they're, like, <laughs> okay. destroying his house. That's who's that's who's doing it. It's her band members. And like, they were all in the black suits and the sunglasses and the hats. And they were, they were like, we're FBI agents. We're the agency. Oh my gosh. I don't that's know. Cool. I don't oh my know. God. Anymore Cause I know her band had some like major changes around like the red era, but yes. yeah, this was our first real introduction to the agency. I'm sure. I think the only original, one of the only original members is Paul Sadati. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. Her backup singers that she's got now, though, have been with her for a hot minute. They have. Well, so the secret message in this song, I love it. Date nice boys. Thank you, thank you, Taylor. We <laughs> that's such a good message. Like we need that advice, <laughs> girls. Yes, yeah, and you need that for fourteen and fifteen year old girls. Like they need to hear this kind of song with this kind of message. It's like you don't have to go for the bad guy. Like I know the bad guy is tempting. Like uh, there's a reason why I freaking love Damon Salvador on Vampire Diaries. I mean, yes, but that's but the see, allure. Like, me in high school, like and Bailey too. The both of us were like, oh my god, he's so cute and dreamy, but he was – when I rewatch it, I do see how much of an asshole he was. It's, it's It took me a long time to actually realize that the bad guy who treats the girl right. like crap isn't the good guy. Like, the, he's just not that into you mentality. Like, like right. that whole movie, he's just not – a novel, he's just not that into. That's the exception. It, it's true. Like, yes. don't go for, like – I think the only reason Rebecca and I are team <laughs> right. seven is because we were much older when we watched The Vampire right. Diaries. You, your perspective changes so much as an adult. It like, really when, does. When you watch shows, like, 
it's hard it for me sometimes to watch some of my favorite shows that like I grew up on like as an adult because you just like realize certain things about characters that you're just like oh <laughs> like ruins it like Craig from Degrassi like he was a cheating asshole but I don't mm, see maybe I would have always been team Stephanie because I did time. not like Craig you think I didn't either yeah 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 when I was in like from, uh, the ninth Degrassi? grade watching Degrassi I was like Ugh, ew, Craig, no, no, thank you. I don't. This is we're getting off topic. I'm sorry. I know exactly this what is, you're talking about. I think I still know all the words. Bailey, you know what I'm talking about. And this is a whole different podcast. <laughs> but okay, but going back yes. to oh my god, sorry guys. Her the secret message: date nice boys, and you know, even the conversation before, like your view, your outlook changes so much as an adult, like. If we were to have recorded a podcast about our favorite lyrics for Picture to Burn when it was released, you know, when we first heard this song for the first time ever, it might be different than what our favorite lyric is now. Yeah. Agreed. Yes. And, you know, back then we might have thought, oh, let me date. Like, oh, everybody loves him. He's so cute. I want him too because everybody wants him. But now it's like, mm, no, I don't want that. Like, I don't have time for you. I'm too old for that. Right. Yeah, exactly. When you realize that he's not, he ain't shit. Like, you realize, right. like, everybody likes him, but he's nothing. Like, he's, Who he's he loves a narcissistic <laughs> jerk. Yeah. He, he knows yeah. that he's a shit, you know? You do. You're right. <laughs> you learn. We might not even need to. Okay. Well, any last minute things? Actually, there was one little thing I didn't mention before. I There was an article by Discover Music by Mark Elliott. And there was a really good quote that the author, author said, Mark. He said, first, the emotional punch it carried. This was about picture to burn. It hadn't been embarked for any special attention or earmarked for any special attention when it first appeared on Swift's self-titled debut album in 2006, but fans reacted wildly when played live. And we talked about that. And I don't even know why I said that. Because we no, were no, I think, that was I think that's notes. worth mentioning. I think it's worth talking um, about. Like, you know, even going back, it, it kind of relates to when you grow up, you have different you know, thoughts and opinions. But, you know, when you hear a song live, it's like it it definitely gives you a different appreciation. Yeah, definitely. Um, and we'll get to that, you know, once we get to some of her older music. Yes. Um, or some of her newer music, I'm sorry. Um, but when you hear a song live in concert versus listening to it on the CD, like, it's like, wow. Like, you can really see the emotion when she's performing. Yes, yes. No, and this is another one real quick, and then... Okay, case in point, the long overdue hashtag Me Too movement, which has revolutionized dialogue about women's vulnerability and abuse in the most likely and unlikely of circumstances. Taylor's voice in the wider debate of exploitation and control has been long clear and determined as proven by her 2008 song Picture to Burn. So this is this is a precursor. This song is that it is. Ahead and of it's, it's true because you know people talk about her the feminist aspect of it and to be honest i didn't get that until i read that quote when I was doing research i was like oh wow yeah it kind of does like it is a little bit before it's time you said that um when you were um doing your like critical reaction and or when you were doing the critical reaction but i never got that either like and it's so funny because 
duh, like listening to this song, mm-hmm. yes, it's like we've said, it's very girl power. But like it goes farther than that because it, I mean, it talks about narcissism, it talks about toxicity in relationships, it talks about like knowing that you are better than whatever it is you're leaving like i don't know if this is making any sense but it it talks about like self-worth like knowing your self-worth and it's not super obvious but at the same time it's like yes it's 100 percent obvious yes it's it's her beginning it's her beginning into like feminism yeah and like yeah, really like exactly. i agree when she used to, to say she wasn't a feminist really. because she likes boys it's okay and again and again, you know, like when we first listened oh, to this song or before someone <laughs> pointed it out to us, we may not have understood the feminist message, but you know, now we're older and we understand what feminism is and we understand, you know, that feminism goes more than girl power, you know, it it's it's a lot deeper, it's more dynamic than just, you know, hashtag girl power or whatever. But like when you listen to it now, even when we were reading the lyrics, I wow like wow this equality very feminist you know like it is yeah it's honesty this song too it's just pure honesty mm-hmm. agree like really Same. kind of what i that is my final thought about picture to burn leave it's it an honest that. song leave it at that i mean all of her songs are definitely i think this honest, one shines because one of really, the honesty like really it's honest. the the ball she had to like call him yes. out so directly mm-hmm. she did not beat around the bush nope. no no yes she told him he had small dick energy <laughs> <laughs> wow she really was ahead of her pretty time. much she that's was. exactly what she's saying she was we love to see it yeah all right so are we good we want (laughs) to thanks for listening to our podcast um please be sure to look out for our next episode where we continue our exploration of taylor swift's debut album with teardrops on my guitar follow us on facebook at ready for it a taylor swift podcast 13 on instagram at ready for it underscore podcast on twitter at ready for it pod 13 on TikTok at Are You Ready For It Podcast 13 to get updates on next episodes. Thanks, everyone. Yeah, so don't, don't forget to like and subscribe and, and write <laughs> reviews and all of that. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> okay, bye. I got to add that in too. Bye. Bye.